This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 138 of the Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we discuss our favorite hoof products. Breed of the show is the Golden Retriever. In Critter Nutrition, we focus on Tigger's favorite CBD products for dogs. And in Coffee Clatch, we ask, what dog sport should be added to the Olympic Games? Listen in. Tigger. And I'm Patty. And I'm Coach Jen. I'm here to wrangle these two. We stop by your earbuds twice every month to talk about <laughs> all things animal and healthy. Thanks for joining us. Um, this is a part of the show where we sit back and chat a little bit, catch up on what we've all been up to since we last spoke. That's usually a couple of weeks apart. And right before we sat down to record this evening, um, I was watching a video of the horses traveling from Europe to Tokyo for the Olympics. It was a fun little video, a little 10-minute thing. And I, I find it so fascinating to watch that whole process. It stresses me out just watching it because I have a horse who's not a good traveler. So I'm stressed out for the horses. I was like, oh, my God, that must be so stressful. <laughs> and they're just strolling onto the airplane and then off the airplane and into the horse van and... Like, there's nothing to it. So I thought I'd quiz Tigger and Patty because they left themselves open to quiz. <laughs> I'm going to start. <laughs> I'm going to start with Tigger this time. Tigger, have you ever had a horse that you owned go for an airplane ride? Yes. <gasps> Tell us. Uh, flew from New York to uh, Belgium. And then on the return, flew from Amsterdam back to New York. So this horse, this horse went. What what was this horse's name? Lionheart. Oh, so this was Lionheart did this. Oh, cool. Yes. So Lionheart, Lionheart went for a competition. Four year old, but I wasn't with him. This time I traveled with him, and there was another horse that was supposed to go with us, and they canceled at the last minute. I was already in in New York in the quarantine stall. Um, and so lion was flying by himself. Poor guy. Wow. He was all by his lonesome. And it was a Saudi, uh, cargo plane with American pilots. And it's a big 747. Mm. And you know, there are no seats or anything. But it's really cool because the area for, you know, people who are going with the horses, um, it, if you know the upstairs in the first class of a 747, well, that's kind of where you are. And the uh, Saudis obviously want to feed their pilots well, so there's a ton of food. And then there was a mattress in the back of this space and some blankets if you wanted to sleep. 
And, of course, I was spending most of my time climbing down into the bowel of the plane <laughs> and checking on Lion. And the pilots were explaining how they change the oxygen mix so that the horse is relaxed. And um, he didn't really eat much. Uh, he ate a little bit, drank a little bit. Um and it was really kind of cool because when we landed in Brussels, it was about one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning, Brussels time, and it was a full moon. And the pilots oh, let wow. me sit up in the in this little jump seat up with them. Oh, it, <laughs> that was that was really that was really oh, cool. Wow. Unfortunately, we land, they come and, you know, the horses are in a container. It's like a stall that's metal. And um, it can be divided into three stalls or one stall or two stalls. And Lion was in a, a two stall. And so they take, they take the, the horse off in the container and they were having a Sabina was Sabinsa, whatever that Belgian airline. They were having a baggage handler challenging strike, and we sat on the tarmac for an hour wow. before oh. anybody came to move Lion and I and all my tack trunks and all that stuff. Yeah, that was exciting. And then the horse goes into. Uh, you know, uh, another quarantine, it's just a, it's a stall and there's a, a sort of a groom's bed there. Um, and then you just wait for the vet. But the funniest part of this, and you know, you're pretty exhausted because <laughs> I drove from Virginia to New York the day before. And then the next morning I'm flying to Europe and, and so <laughs> the guy from the stable in Holland, who doesn't speak any English, shows up to transport Lionheart and I to the barn. He speaks no English. He opens up the back of the van, and he has the hay nets. It's a, a slant load. He has the hay nets on the right side. And I'm looking at that and going, no, the hay net's supposed to be on the left. And rather than going, well, Tigger, in Europe, they put the hay nets on the right. That's where the horse's head goes. I lead Lion up and put him on the left because that's what we do in the U.S. <laughs> you put him in backwards. <laughs> the Dutch guy went bananas. <laughs> like I had to be the dumbest creature on earth. So You were anyway, sleep deprived. I was definitely sleep deprived. Going back. We were with a shipment of like 20 horses, sales horses. And and so there was, I think there was a groom for every two or three horses. So there was like 10 of us. Um, and it was a different configuration. We had seats. Um, it was still a cargo no plane. Um, but we were in like first class seats. And, um, you know, there's no entertainment or anything. Um, there's no movies or anything, but you know, everybody, we took turns going down and checking the horses and, um, so yeah, it's, and then, you know, once you land in New York, then they come and get the horses and take them to quarantine. It's, it's really, um, it's a big deal and it isn't a big deal. I, learning about the oxygen really made sense to me 
because they just keep it just keeps them the horses from getting too anxious. Hmm. I didn't know. That. That's didn't pretty know amazing. That. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Patty, have you had any flying experience with horses? I have not personally flown with them. I, you know, we were a quarantine station, so we and I, you know, have bought horses from Europe, so I've had tons shipped over, but nothing um, to Tigger's extent at all. So, since so you, you have, well, your experience is different, but I think it's it's interesting to learn about. So, from the point of view of someone oh. who is going to have horses that they are responsible for flying about, let's say you yeah. have bought a horse and the horse needs to fly to the United States. Is that something that who takes care of all the arrangements for that? The person at the destination or the person from the departure? Yes. <laughs> Both. <laughs> um, we just supported two horses in uh, January and it's, well, it, I mean, pretty much it depends, I think on like, just we, call we Tim Duda. Just call Tim yeah. Duda and he will take care mm-hmm. of everything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but there's also the like arrangement of like that part too. But like if you sell a horse, sometimes they suggest people, we always just, you know, end up using Duda. But, um, but there are arrangements on both parts because then once you get them, because like us, because of all the COVID stuff, we bought horses from Holland. They weren't, they weren't, they weren't shipping out of Holland. They were shipping out of Brussels. So they had, or Belgium. So they had to go to Belgium, which is not a normal thing. So then we had to make arrangements, you know, travel arrangements to get them there. And that was, um, that was our responsibility to get that, which was not that hard to do. But then from there, once they got, got into New York, then we had to get them down to us in Texas. So um, there was a couple other loops that we had to go through with all the COVID stuff. Not horrible, but just a, a couple uh, more things. And the, the whole reason we did it the way we did it was because we couldn't go over to Europe. So we, you know, mm-hmm. just handled it that way. Yeah. So, so do horses always fly into New York or are there other options? Miami. There's actually, yeah, LA. there's Miami. Yep. Sometimes um, Atlanta. Time ago. Um, so, but, is, main, but mainly it's New, New York, York and Miami. Miami. New York, Miami. And, yeah. you, and being in Texas, you chose New York because? Um, one, because of the time of year. And two, um, at that point, it was ex- exponentially more expensive to fly uh-huh. to Miami. That's just like people airlines. Depends on where you're going. Mm-hmm. The price is different. That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. Well, there yeah. you go. Well, yeah. I was and just, I, think, I have the, never had a horse fly. I don't know anybody personally. Now I do, um, but yes. but I find it just fascinating. And I'm so, one of these days we need to get a guest on to talk about the take a deep dive into the intricacies of the paperwork because that terrifies me. The paperwork. Yeah, but that's the wonderful yeah. thing about an agent like Duda. I mean, when you have your you have your your passport, meaning the horse's passport. Well, see, I don't even know what a passport is. We need to have somebody to talk about passports. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, there's, and there's I'm a neophyte. Passports, but you have to have a passport to come over. I'm a little bit. I have to. Tra- I have to trailer my horse. All I'm doing is trailing my own personal horse from Florida to North Carolina to go to a competition. Well, I am so nervous about. Oh my god, I've got to have all the shots in order, and I have to have a horse. Oh my god, I'm so. I'm just a. I'm a wreck. 
Yeah, you're not you're not used to bringing horses into Florida every season, and you have to have a health certificate if you're yep. if your horse is registered with USEF. You you order a passport. I mean, it's not a big deal. You just have to pay money. You just have to pay money. See, the the last time I drove a horse across state lines, none of this applied. It was thirty years ago. <laughs> yeah, I can't enter Florida with a horse and not. Well, you know, and I I um certificate. There, uh, one of the venues I go to frequently, um, probably three, four, five times a year, is I have to drive past one of the Florida ag ag stations, and everybody has to go mm-hmm. and pull into the ag station. Yep. And it's always interesting yeah. because each each experience is different because you have yes, to show I the agree. you have to show the horse's Coggins test. But at least eight right. times out of ten, they look at the piece of paper and say, "See you later." They don't look in the horse trailer to see if there's actually a horse in there. It depends on who you get. <laughs> it does. I've been through there where they stopped. They they didn't. We didn't unload, but they looked at the markings. They checked it. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah see. Yeah. And it, I've had all. I've had the whole. Um, the whole range. I've had the ones who are very. They look at it. They check the age. They look at the markings. They look in the. They look in the horse trailer. It's like, yeah, he's got white legs. And then I've had others that are completely the opposite. They look at the piece of paper. They see the date, and then, and you're on your way. Yeah. And that's it. It's it's, yeah. it's it's so interesting that way. Well, there we go. I've never. I've never had. I've never had one um, look at markings in the thirty years I've been going back and forth. You know, from you know. I've down had there. it twice. I, yeah, but I, I definitely, I would say most of the time I've had them get out and just make sure there's actually a horse in there and like look about. <laughs> I've never, I've never had anybody just hand me paperwork and go see you ever. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that crazy? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So there, there you go. So put that, put that on your your list of potential guests, Tigger. Someone to come on and talk about horse passports, how they work, who needs them, all that kind of stuff. I'm fascinated. Okay. Yeah, there we go. So. Quiz time is over. Yep. And, and we're going to move on to our round table because square would be boring. <laughs> Correct. Right. <laughs> and Tigger's, Tigger's topic of the day is yep. our favorite hoof products. Now, what uh, what inspired this topic? You. Oh, me? <laughs> yeah, because you love talking about feet. You're obsessed with feet. I am. That's true. So I figured it would be a topic that you would find particularly engaging. So that's why I chose it. Oh, thanks. I feel honor special. Jennifer. <laughs> yep. Oh, and I have so many favorite hoof things that this was an easy one for me. And one of the, one of the things I just used this evening when I was putting Nigel back out, he got a whomping big abscess a couple of months ago. Of course. Which left behind a giant hole in his coronet. Ugh. And it's growing out. And it's growing out very nicely. And he is also prone to quarter cracks in his hind feet. So Mm. something I have discovered that is a real lifesaver when it comes to growing those sorts of things out is something called Toe Grow. And it's from a company called S. Never. SBS Equine makes this stuff called Toe Grow, and it's a concoction. I don't tell. I don't know what's in there. I know there's copper in there. That's all I can tell you. Um, but it comes in a gel, and you put it on hoof that needs help. I use it for those big holes that he gets, or if he gets a quarter crack. A quarter crack being the one that starts at the top and goes down, not the vice versa. Quarter cracks can be very painful. They're different than yeah. sand cracks, people. So I keep. I keep. Uh, toe grow around and it, and it 
it really does make a difference where you put it. So check into it, do a little research if you have a horse that is prone to damaging their coronet. It also helps people grow, people fingernails grow better, by the way, because you put it on with your fingers. And, oh, really? Yeah, and I noticed that. <laughs> um, it's also supposed to be good for any, because skin and hoof, similar things. If you have horses that are prone to getting scars on their little itty-bitty boo-boos, if you put some on there, they say. Huh. Haven't tried that. So, yeah, check that out. That's one of it my is, top toe, ones. Toe, toe grow. Two separate words. And it's made by oh, a little company grow. called okay. SBS Equine. They only have about six products. And I had okay. never seen it before I came down here to Florida, but our local packaged goods store, yes, we have a horse packaged goods store. All they sell at the entire store is things for horses that come in buckets and bottles. That's all they huh. sell. Okay, that's the story. And they just built a new store. And the new store is the size of a small grocery store. Wow. And it's just packaged goods. So, ha ha, hashtag love Ocala. <laughs> there you go. So that, that was really um, one of my top ones um, for things that every barn should have. Hoof boots. Every barn should have hoof boots. I don't care what kind of horses, hooves, yeah. hooves your horse has. Yeah, I agree. Every barn should have hoof boots, whether it's the kind that you wear when you're riding or the squishy kind that you wear when they travel. Something you can slap on that foot when they rip their shoe off or step yep. on something that's more durable than duct tape. Yeah. Isn't that what duct tape's for? See, it's well, so much easier than duct tape. Duct tape is on my list. <laughs> Of the must-haves yeah. in a barn okay. for feet. Okay. Yeah, but I I love the hoof boot and the night people whine a lot because oh the hoof boot's so expensive because you can pay up up to a hundred dollars for a hoof boot but you can also get them for forty nine ninety five but you buy it once for the horse's right. entire life. So if you get one that's kind of a median size for a whole bunch of horses in your barn. Believe me, when you have one that needs to have their foot covered and they need to be hand-walked or they need to be turned out or they need to travel home or they need to spend the, the rest of the week at the horse show because he's not going to compete because he just screwed up his foot, it's so much easier to slap on whatever you're going to slap on and put the hoof boot over it and you're done. You don't have to redo it twice a day. Yep. Yeah. So what, what do you have on your list besides the duct tape there, Tigger? I have animal lintex. Yep, that's on my list too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no barn yeah, should be without like... that. Nope. Um, that's... I also have Epsom salts. Yep. Have you um, ever Have you ever used a product called Rebound? No, but I've heard that's of it. Helpful. Yeah, I've I've I've, I've really be, I've really gotten to be in love with Rebound as an alternative to. Uh, the Epsom salts and and animal lintex because Nigel wears glue on shoes, so soaking his feet are not it's oh, not ideal. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, it's not really good for that whole glue thing. Uh, so Rebound is they actually a young the young lady who invented it did her. I want to say I don't think it was her dissertation. It was one of those final projects you do when you're higher education. Um, on this product so it's it's really got some really cool science behind it and that's what I, I frequently use that as an alternative because i can do it without having to get his feet all sopping wet wow and saturated mm. so that's a that's a cool one so um i also have hoof and soul now hoof and soul is a biostar poultice 
Ooh. but it's made specifically for feet. And you can use it as hoof packing. You can use it to draw out an abscess. You can use it to wrap all around the foot if it's sore or bruised. And you don't need you don't need to then wrap it like animal lentex. Just leave it, let it dry and absorb the toxins and fall off. So if I was if I was gonna put it on the outside of the hoof, on the hoof wall, I would be like putting it on the coronet. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of put it on there like icing a cake. Yep. And then just and leave just it be. Let it, yep, just let it be. Oh, I like that would be very useful down here in Florida where they they tend to because by letting it dry, you're allowing the hoof to rebalance its moisture content, I would Correct. think. Oh, Correct. I like that a lot. Mm. And it's a great hoof packer. Mm, interesting. Mm. And my other patty is going to laugh because I'm sure it, it is on her list. But if you need a good hoof conditioner. Oh, I know what it's going to be. I know what it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, I know. Coconut oil. Yes, of course. <laughs> If it wasn't on the list, I wouldn't be talking to you, right? That's why we use coconut oil for everything. Oh my everything. gosh, that's funny. Okay, t- Patty, what what are some of your uh, go tos that we haven't gotten to yet? Um, I, oh, I animal or not animal intex magic cushion is a yep. good one to have. The feet, mm-hmm. yep, yeah, and and you and we've used play doh before. Sometimes really? too, but I like the magic cushion. Yeah. Um, and for sure, um, the Epsom salts um, and duct tape. <laughs> and duct tape. <laughs> and I and I and we have those soft ride. You know, we'll do the soft ride boots too. Um, those are pretty cool, aren't you know, they? Talk, tell us, tell us, yeah. tell everybody about what a soft ride boot is, because some people might not be familiar. Well, it's <laughs> excuse me. Um, it's it's a it's a a boot that goes over the whole hoof, and it and it can be for various different things. Like if you have a horse that's unfortunately foundering or if it really bruised a foot or they're really sore or something's going on, it's just a soft cushion that, um, they stand on and it stays on their foot. So it's, it's like um, a bedroom slipper for your and you pony. It really, yeah. It's like one of those, what is the, um, memory foam yeah. slippers, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. but those are, those are wonderful, um, to have. Because they're they're um, made they're that you can super. use you can use them on the hoof whether there's a horseshoe there or not right. Yes, yeah. I have one of my clients' horses. Um, he just doesn't like to travel, and um, and he doesn't you know doesn't normally have any problem with his feet. But they they put him in those, they ship him in those, and when he gets to wherever he's going, a horse show, his lesson, whatever, he's much much happier. Really, and he has shoes on. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. How interesting. Yeah. And the only other thing I would say is like I used to use Ichthamol all the time. Oh, uh, yeah, that's good stuff. Oh, yeah. Good old Ichthamol. That, e- that even works good as old- a nice emollient for horses that would have terrible chronically dry feet. You just massage a little of that yeah. into the coronet. Yep. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yep. But that's all of mine. There you go. Well, and since I'm I'm hoof obsessed, I have one more. Um, oh. Hoof. Does it surprise me? Hoof no. glue. Hoof glue? Hoof glue. Uh, There are a lot of different glues available now that are designed specifically for horses' hoofs, either to patch missing areas or to glue a shoe on. And these products can be purchased in single serving size. 
And the one I have is called Equilox. And I like it because it's super easy to use and it's pretty much dummy proof. But again, you're at a competition or you're at home and you're doing training. Horse rips shoe off, leaves giant hole in hoof wall. If you're not the sort of person who feels comfortable putting a patch on that, that's fine. But then you have it, your farrier comes out to replace that shoe. Well, your farrier might not be a glue guy. He might not have that. If you've got it in your tack room, you hand him this little tiny, tiny butter tub. He slaps it on there, waits three minutes for it to dry. And you literally, it's just the exact same um, physical properties as hoof wall. So you nail the shoe on the same way you would. Wow. So when you have that giant piece of hoof wall that comes off along with the horseshoe, it can really save your butt because it can help the shoe stay on. And the horse can continue on his merry way and he can continue to work. But it's a nice thing that that you have, even if you're not going to be the person using it, it could be a real lifesaver for your fair because he can just whip it out there and put it on. And it it rasps just like um, hoof horn Um, and it comes in black or or whitish. So it kind of blends into the hoof. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's a really you just good made one. Me think of one other thing that's so important to have, and it's 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 hoof related, but it's it's the more frog is tomorrow cream. Um, oh yeah, that's yeah, brilliant! That's, I forgot about that one. Bomb, dig- bomb diggity! It's the bomb diggity. So what tomorrow cream is um, is they actually use it in cows and mastitis, but there's an antibiotic property to it. So if you have horses that have any sort of like fresh going on or anything like that. Line you disease. Yeah. Put, yeah. Get ready. And, you know, I don't know if you do it with a cotton or not, but you can take a little string of cotton and put it in there to really help it stay in there. I always just kind of put it right. It just fixes their feet right up. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. today. I accidentally got the today one one day. <laughs> but they have today and tomorrow. Just, <laughs> I, think that, I think that today one will work. Either one will work, but one has, the antibiotic, and I think it's the tomorrow, I believe. Yeah. There's, was, there's, yeah. Yeah. The first time. Have you heard of this ticker? No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, uh, down. Um, go ahead, Patty. No, no, you go ahead. Because you're so uh, excited. <laughs> <laughs> Again, they sell it at the tax shops down here. The first time one of the farriers down here said, do you have any tomorrow? I'm going uh, I and hope you know so. What? Do you and know something I, I don't? That, I want to go tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> I knew it. I, I knew love it. you tomorrow, tomorrow. I was a little confused. I had no idea what she was talking about. Oh, way. Yeah. But you're right. That is, it's, it's, if you look on, um, websites that carry products, agricultural products, like tractor supply, places like that, they carry products for farm animals in general, you will find today, and tomorrow, like, and like you said, tomorrow's really the one you want to go for. And it comes in a little tiny, it looks like a miniature tube of tube, dewormer. Tube. Yeah. And one tube will last you a long time. It's like down here, they sell one tube at a time. It's like $6. Um, yeah. Yeah. So way worth having around. And if, if where you're at, they only sell it by the box full, which is typically how it's sold from the manufacturers. Um, just find a couple of friends who also have horses because somebody's always getting thrush and split it up. Yeah, it's and it's funny because one they're ones for like mastitis and then um, for for cows and then the other ones for 
lactating cow. Like it, the, it, the whole thing is kind of, it's kind of funny, but it works. Um, it, the, it, the tomorrow cream works fantastic. Great tip. Great tip. Yeah. Great. All right. Speaking good, of tips, good one, tips. Yeah. We got to talk to Hetty. Woohoo. Hello. Hetty. Hi, Hedwig. Did you mean to call me this time or was it a mistake again? No. <laughs> and I, 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 I wanted to let you know my condolences that your servant um, had ankle surgery yesterday and I'm sure is not in any shape to be um, the servant that she normally is to you. And you have my my deepest sympathies that she's probably um, uh, uh, feeling a little discomfort and not able to serve you to the, the greatest extent. She's an ongoing disappointment. <laughs> Well, are you nurturing her at all? No. Have we met? I'm not a nurturer by nature. Um, does she have that? I lay upside do you, do you, down in the middle of the living room floor using my hind feet balanced against the couch. And then when she got up on her crutches and had to navigate a very small space, I refused to move. <laughs> huh. Of course you did. Well, what is your assessment of how your servant is doing in her beginning stages of recovery from surgery? Um, I mean, you know, we were already at such a low point that <laughs> how much lower can we go? I, now she walks on these sticks that make a lot of noise and can crush a tiny dog. I just don't even know how much worse things could get. <laughs> Oh, never ask that question, Eddie. Never ask. <laughs> yeah. she, she could get on the internet and rescue a bunch more Pomeranians. You just don't know. That's right. Because she can't no. get up and about. Is she getting good medals? No, because, no she refused them because she's a nitwit. <laughs> I needed those. <laughs> well, how is the rest of the pack? dealing with um, the servant's uh, recovery? Well, my goblin brother is very concerned about her because he's a bit of a nitwit himself. My sister is being nice to her intermittently, as one would expect. My two new sisters were too scared of her when she came home because she smelled wrong and she was ugly and everything, but they've gotten past it now. She's been home for a whole day. so Mostly, I just think you know, we're just hoping she'll die quickly. You know, sometimes you just have to let them go. I've said, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you don't want to prolong their suffering. I I, I don't think she's going to die. And I'm sure in a few days, she's going to feel a lot better, even though she'll be on crutches. I'm just saying, you know, sometimes it's the kinder thing to let them go. (laughs) You know, you're really so uplifting, Hetty. I was going to say, but who would feed you? How how would that go? Other lives here right now. 
Okay. And she can't feed us anyway, the, the servant, because she has to walk on the sticks and she has no hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Basically well, useless as far as I can tell. <laughs> well. You know, I it's the thing about a Pomeranian. If you can't be dealing with focusing on their needs and you need them, they go, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. What needs does the servant have exactly that I can fulfill? Love. I, I don't understand. Companionship, cuddling, support. Ew, that's disgusting. <laughs> she has a cat with her right now. That's fine. She's pretty sure the cats have become nice to her, though, because they think she can't resist, that she's too weak, and then they'll just stay on her while her body cools, and then they'll start to eat her face. Oh, stop. <laughs> Jesus, Hetty! It Holy sounds cow. really lovely there. Oh, the cat will just eat her. Well, on that note, um, yes. everybody at Healthy Critters uh, wishes your servant a speedy recovery and a, 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 as pain-free as possible. Because we know she's we'll got We'll send a- you an invite to the funeral. <laughs> it's not going okay. to be a big affair. <laughs> Thank you. Um, You're welcome. And, and we'll we'll talk to you in a couple weeks when she's feeling better and and you have a sunnier outlook. Okay. <laughs> Bye, Hedwig. Bye, Bye And now it's time. For the breed of the show. So we are at the breed of the show, um, and I have uh, decided to do a golden retriever because it's one we've never done, and um, we have a puppy within our family, and I thought, perfect, perfect, perfect dog to do. Um, You do? Tigger, you've never, pardon me? You have a puppy? Not me, not, no, not me, but within the family, um, I went to go see my new grandbaby and, um, the, her other grandmother just got another, um, puppy ah, and, okay. and he is, uh, he's so cute. So I thought, why not? This is such a great, this is such a great breed. There's You've never had one, have you, Tigger? I have not, but I've had a lab yeah. and I have lots of friends yeah. who have goldens. So retrievers. Yeah. So, well, and for, for great reasons, they're like, they're like ranked, I think third or fifth on AKC most popular. Yeah. Um, yep. And for I very think. good reason. Third, I think it's third. Um, yep. So ba- they are gold retriever is uh, true to its name. They were, they're a medium to large dog that was bred to retrieve waterfowl or game birds in the water, which is great because they have a very dense coat that helps repel water which is perfect for that type of sport. They are also known for a very soft mouth. And if anybody has ever been around a golden retriever, they have very lovely, oh my gosh, they have the cutest, softest little mouth. But what a soft mouth means is that they pick something up and they don't really bite it. They just hold it very softly. Yeah. Which is one of the known little attributes. Um, They've got many fabulous qualities, but one of the biggest things that I love is that they're really known for their trainability, but their dependable temperament. Um, so they're, you'll see them a lot for dis, as disability or assistant dogs for 
um, for blind or for the deaf. In fact, one of my um, daughter's very dear friends um, actually breeds them. And literally the litter, most of the litter, every time they, they breed is sold to guide dog programs, which I think is kind of fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. Very rarely mm-hmm. do they go as pets, but they normally go for um, disability dogs. Um, and a huge por- portion of that is because their temperament is very reliable. They're known as being a very friendly, even tempered uh, dog, outgoing very confident, fantastic with children, which is kind of an uh, interesting point um, to, to, to talk about is that they're not known as a one-man dog. Now, they, they, when they have their job and they know what they're supposed to do if they're being trained as an assistant dog, that's very much their thing. But as a family dog, they're, they love the whole family. They don't specifically lock onto one person, which is great if you have a bunch of kids and they're just very, very even-tempered and very easy to get along with. They're very playful, very trainable. Um, the, the, they do require, they're you know, a medium to large dog. They do require to have about two hours of exercise every day, which would mean, you know, that, that could be a walk. It could be throwing the ball a little bit, have a little pool <laughs> on the side, like one of those little baby pools. They love, they love getting in the water, and it's, very, it's a very natural thing for them. They love getting in the water. There's several different types of, um, uh, of the breed. There's the, the British American, also Canadian, but, um, the, the, which means that there's just going to be different, um, shapes to their body type. For example, the British tend to have a, they tend to be a stockier, not as tall, broader headed dog, um, with a lot more bulk where the American tends to be a little bit lankier, taller, and a little less mass, uh, mass, muscular, excuse me. Um, but all types are required to have the same protocol, which is a um, golden color, which is rich, lustrous golden of various shades. So you can see there's very, very light golden, almost what some people consider white to almost a red. Oh, an um, English cream. Oh, the English cream. That's a beautiful dog. Yeah. That's a beautiful. Um, and it's more, it's just a, like, just such a light. I think that's the, what my, um, uh, the, the puppy that I just saw is more of an English cream. Um, but their lifespan is up to about 12 years, which is great for a large and medium to large dog. Um, they do require um, a decent amount of grooming, you know, weekly, probably not too dissimilar to any other long haired dogs. Um, the males get up to about 24 um, inches, anywhere from 65 to 75 pounds. Um, the females are about 22 inches up to 65 pounds. And they're just simply a wonderful dog that has a wide variety of things that they can do. They can do confirmation showing. They can do a little bit of agility. They can do obedience. They're just sort of that, that, you know, when you think of an all around dog that can kind of do anything, they're not going to be great for speed, but they're just a great all around dog. And they are, um, um, as we were talking earlier, it is the biggest thing is always getting connected with a decent breeder and asking questions if you decide to go the route of buying a puppy, but it's just a great breed. I'm surprised I haven't had one. I've thought about it. May, may, I, may it. I make one suggestion? Um, yes. Like, like many, many um, breeds of dogs, you do when you're looking for a breeder, uh, 
Um, there are some specific health issues with uh, golden retrievers, yeah. partly due yeah. to their popularity. So make sure mm-hmm. that the breeder has done OFA on hips and elbows and uh, a full genetic panel, so a health panel, so that um, the parents, you know that the parents aren't carrying um, the different a, a serious, yes, and, yeah. and, 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 a, and a good, reputable breeder will have done the, the health tests that. and the OFA, yeah, and they, yeah. Goldens have a hip, have hip problems. I mean, they're notorious for hip dysplasia. And well, um, yeah, they are. And, and another like lots, issue. Lots, like lots of, of the big breeds. This Absolutely. Is, I'm not I mean, saying it's sort of like a disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like lots of lots of different breeds. You always want to do the investigation. But like like Tigger, like you've said, if you don't do your research with a breeder and find out all these things and have all the x-rays and all the genetic testing, then, you know, you will be running some risk. And sometimes it's not a problem, but it is so much better to find out ahead of time because they are such yeah. a wonderful family dog super super dog super dog mm-hmm. and now we're at, at critter nutrition and i'm going to talk about cbd and my favorite cbd products for dogs um i have used a lot of cbd products for dogs um, I, I love hemp and I got involved in hemp in 2000 with the first hemp seed oil that was, um, sold in the U S. So I've had a 20 year relationship with the plant. Um, the thing about CBD that I really want to emphasize, and this is true for horses, for dogs, for humans, a product that works for your dog's particular issue, let's say it's anxiety, and you tell your friend, um, you know, this worked great for my dog, um, you have a 50-50 chance that it won't. We don't understand why this is, but CBD in particular, CBD from one company can work great on a dog and another dog in the packet won't do anything. See, so unfortunately, it, it as as a consumer, you kind of have to find the right CBD to fit that dog and what that dog's issues are. Um, and the main issues I'm going to uh, discuss are anxiety, uh, CBD, and uh, mobility, because CBD can be very helpful for the older canines who. Um, are a little creaky and need a little um, analgesic support. Um, at the top of the list, and I am not tooting my own horn, um, but I'll start off with Biostar's Trinity. It's very low in CBD. It's not a high-potency CBD, but it's combined with the greenlit muscle and astaxanthins. It's a joint support product. And if you have an, an older dog or a dog that has, you know, run really hard that day and, you know, is 
when he gets up, he's kind of going, whoa, I really used myself today. That's that's sort of what Trinity is for. But if you've got a dog with anxiety, Trinity is kind of not uh, not your ticket. Um, the two that I like best, and I, I, I probably have tried 20, maybe 25 different companies, CBD for anxiety. Because I have a intact male uh, Crockett who um, is the boss dog and that gives him anxiety. And it's not all mm-hmm. the time. Um, he's sensitive to certain noises. Like we have neighbors that like to shoot their guns off at one o'clock in the morning. Um, that kind of makes him anxious. Um so he doesn't need it all the time. It's just when he gets stressed. So um, the first one is by a company called Honest Paws, P-A-W-S, and it's called Calm, C-A-L-M, and it's a chew, which if, as long as your dog isn't in the moment of anxiety is great. So... In other words, if I know that um, if Crockett is a little bit off his feed, that's telling me that, you know, his anxiety is starting and then I'll um, I'll give him a treat. And that just when I say mellow him out, he doesn't go to sleep. He's just he's just at ease. Um it's very flavorful when I give it to him. The other dogs want some. And it's got tryptophan and the amino acid L-theanine, which is good, again, for serotonin production. So it's it's relaxing, but it has it not put him in a stupor. I haven't tried to, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, I really, I really like the product. He liked eating it, so I recommend Honest Paws Calm. Um, the other product is Canna C A N N A Companion. This is developed by a vet. It's a liquid. Comes with a little syringe. You just fill the syringe up to the dose that your dog needs and squirts it in there. Squirt it in his mouth. I find this really good for. The dogs that um, have an injury, um, Thunderbear, you know, got injured and last year, and dealing with his stress, this was awesome. And it it took me several different products to find the right one for him. This will make them feel, you know, mellow, but again, it's not going to conk them out. They're just going to chill and when you if you want to get up and go somewhere and do something with them they're they're ready to go they're not groggy or drugged um so i really like for anxiety you know if you've got a dog fireworks car rides whatever strangers um if you've got a dog that doesn't like meeting new people um both honest calm and can a companion really i'm I really like these two products for mobility um, that is beyond what uh, Biostar's Trinity can do. Um, in the case of my 13 and a half year old Aussie Kimasabi, he's on Trinity every day and, 
And for about two years, he moved really like 95% sound on it. In the last few months, he's a lot less sound. In fact, if I was going to make a noise as to how he moves, it would go, <laughs> he's you know a little irregular up front he's a little irregular behind so i i found this company called elevet e-l-l-e-v-e-t sciences it's um it's had a clinical trial so it's got some good science behind it and they use cbd and cbda they added glucosamine and chondroitin, and um, I, while I can't say it's made him 100% sound, because I don't think anything can, it certainly made him more, um, more even, um, and he can trot a little bit longer distance before walking, before he could trot like, you know five or six steps and he had to walk and now he can you know maybe trot down the fence line which is a huge improvement um so i don't have a dog that has maybe as severe arthritis as poor sabi does at this point um this would be a really great um mobility product and probably very good for a very active dog that you just want to give some support to you know, maybe after a day of doing agility or dock diving or hunting, um, because you will get some comfort out of the CBD. So those are my recommendations for CBD. And again, if you try these and they don't work on your dog, don't panic. The nature of CBD is finding the right formulation for your dog. Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. So my question today in Coffee Clatch is what dog sport should be added to the Olympic Games? Because last night I was watching something about, uh, you know, the horses being in Tokyo. And I went, wait a minute. We have equestrian sports. Why don't we have canine sports? Hello. And, you know, we we have fencing. We have surfing now. Um, we, have we have rock climbing. climbing. I mean, wait. <laughs> How about a dog sport? So the first one that came to my mind was, and I think it's perfect. 
we I think we should have in the Winter Olympics. We need dog sled racing. Oh, totally. Mm, sure. Yeah, I. You know, and you know what we need to, to do. Be, I did a rod. It it can be a a, a modified format, but oh. Oh my God! I think the viewer support for dog racing would be enormous. We we oh, could have uh, dog dog sled racing, and we also need to have um, snowman pulverizing for the oh for those what? you know oh. those tough breeds of dog said, that go flying through the yard. Said and, the woman that yeah Florida yeah <laughs> okay. or for for dogs that have alternative lifestyles, we could have um, snowbank peeing. Um, now, wait a minute. I, I'm thinking of things that could actually really <laughs> be incorporated <laughs> as a serious Olympic sport. Okay, well, you didn't say we serious, did you? Notes. You didn't put that in the notes. <laughs> the, the, the peeing would still be happening, that the peeing would be commencing. Yes, there would be, there would be a, an over-under on that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know what? You could have sort of a, a search and rescue sport. Hmm. Okay, but like, what? Why not have dock diving or even agility? Oh, oh absolutely! I mean, that summer games, dock diving, oh, and agility. Oh, oh, oh snowball and catching for the winter games. Snowball and catching, snowball. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And Jack Russell so terrier fashion. races. Yeah. And terrier yeah. races are uh, must, yeah. Yeah. Or lore racing. I mean, there could be so many things. Yes. I would so watch that. <laughs> they could have ski joring so with dogs. They have that thing where they, they, <laughs> they get pulled along on their roller skates by the dog. That would be cool. Or they do that with skis. Yeah, and they could do a slalom. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be cool. <laughs> I, no, I, I mean, I, I, I honestly... I the Olympic Committee is really missing out on a big segment of the population that enjoys watching all the other sports, but, you know, why the heck aren't there dogs? There sports? need to be dogs. I really, I really wonder why, seriously. I mean, because it's... it's um, I do, you know, too. I think it would be something that so many people would enjoy. Oh, a hundred percent. And you can still make teams and, and and it's still the team of the human and the dog. I mean, I can see where, you know, maybe terrier racing isn't up to like sled dog racing where the musher is really, I mean, that's like riding, you know, um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, um, I, I think it's you know if you wanted a I, team sport that involved a terrier, you could have terrier recall contest because that's challenging. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just by the nature of the terrier, that's right. Any terrier breed God. is a, it's open to any terrier breed. Yeah, <laughs> terrier recall championship was four and a half minutes to get him back from fifty feet. <laughs> and you, you know the the other thing is freestyle doggy freestyle. Oh yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, yeah, that's, I, I, yeah, that's I, getting I, very popular. Mm-hmm. Well, I, lo- I, I mean, I love, um, I love agility. I love watching agility. Agility is amazing. I think that's a big, yes. 
That's a summer games thing. And dock diving. Mm-hmm. After the swimmers are done then and the divers oh, are yeah. done, then you bring out the dogs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, anybody on the uh, uh, International Olympic Committee that's listening to Healthy Critters, hello. <laughs> <laughs> bring on the dogs. I am, I am, I am so there. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to healthycrittersradio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. <laughs> <laughs>